is the Vinny White Show on In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010. Yes, good evening, good evening, live and direct. So my name is Vinny, delivering content just about fit for human consumption, informing you of uh, this week's news in the tasty audio hamburger made from the finest organic news articles around. The Vinny White Show. You can get in touch with the show on 416-872-1010 if I get time to take your call. And I definitely will get time to take your texts on 71010. Text away from your cellular phone, you clever little sausage. And some technological gubbins makes it all pop up on a screen in front of me. It's terribly impressive and quick and clever. I'm like the host of this here show. <laughs> I went out to... I actually do feel a bit slow today because I, I was rather drunk last night. It was Halloween. Um, and Halloween this year fell on a Saturday night, as you know. And also fell on the evening that the hour changed. So very busy last night out in town. And um, I decided to get involved with it all. I uh, I went as Ron Burgundy, rocked it. How did you? What did you do, Elliot? I went to a Halloween party myself, actually. Did you go as a bald producer? No, that's my my usual costume. Yeah. Uh, I went as little obscure. Dr. Octagon. Do you know who that is? See, I'm not really a nerd, but I'm going to guess it's a Marvel thing, is it? No, actually, it, it is a little nerdy and a little strange. It's the alter ego of a rapper named Cool Keith. He put out a record. He actually put out a few um, under the name Dr. Octagon. He is uh, a doctor from outer space who is also quite perverted. Did you black up? Did I which? Black up. No, actually, it's not. He himself is black, but Dr. Octagon has uh, multicolored skin. And a pink and white afro, which I, I did not have. I only had a pink one. Dr. Octagon must be quite something to look at then. Yeah, I had to sort of interpret the lyrics and figure out what he probably looks like. Mm-hmm. Good. That's, can I see a picture? I know it's terrible for radio, but I would like to see a picture later. I don't have one from last night, but I've worn the costume uh, previously. Yeah, well, I do that. Yeah, I've recycled mine. I did it for an event, actually. I've been a beaver for six years. I broke the mold last night with Ron Burgundy. Once you buy a beaver costume, you can't really go back. I really had to fight with it last night to do something different. But I did, and I went to a Slutoween party. Sorry, Halloween party. Everyone was dressed as sluts, but that's Halloween in North America. And um, it was on King West, which is the more pretentious area of uh, Toronto, where I um, happen to frequent quite a lot, which I'm not sure what that says about me. But it was a good laugh, anyway. It was a really, really lovely evening. And... um, I left and I had to get, I went to some place called the Spoke Club, which is, um, you know where that is? Yes, I believe it's on King. It is on King, yeah. And um, it's a funny place because it's four stories up. It makes sense in the summer. It does make a lot of sense in the winter because you can't go outside on, on the rooftop balcony. But uh, I went there and um, I stole a balloon on the way out because I am a hardened criminal. I'm going down for that. And uh, that's sort of a balloon pun there. I'm sure if I could workshop that for a bit. Um, so, yeah, I stole a balloon, and it was a giant balloon, which uh, was comedy gold in an elevator. Um, I think at one point I very much irritated Dog the Bounty Hunter and a small leprechaun, but uh, such is life when you're stuck in an elevator. And I had the, the bosoms, uh, the bosom of, of a witch in my back, which uh, is a first. And rather pleasurable. Um and that was good. So, yeah, I got And then I came out of this elevator and I was a bit drunk because, hey, I'm rock and roll. I'm a thief. I get drunk. Yeah. I paid for it today. Jeez. Hurts when you get old, doesn't it, drinking? My goodness. And, um, yeah, so I, I was wandering across the road. And a, a man dressed as Scooby-Doo 
um, stole my balloon. And um, so Scooby-Doo wrestled the balloon off me. I had it tied to my belt without my permission. I don't know Scooby-Doo. Even when he took his, his dog head off, I still didn't know him because um, I asked him to reveal his identity. Because I, I, as soon as it was stolen, I said, Scooby, who are you? Thinking, you know, it's probably one of my buddies. Don't know. And it was a German tourist, I assume, from his extraordinarily thick German accent. And he said, uh, I don't know why... I... When I say he had a German accent, it doesn't mean I can replicate it, just so we're clear. I think mine's about to come out somewhat Italian, but we'll try. I don't know why I stole that. Yes, yep, actually, it's it's pretty offensive Italian at that. Um, I don't know why I stole that, he said. And, um, and then as he was sort of trying to give it back, he was hammered, by the way, he let it go. And there is nothing quite as comedically gorgeous as seeing a German man in Scooby-Doo's body in front of traffic, which should have now been moving, but he was delaying the traffic, desperately jumping up and down, trying to get my balloon, by which point everyone had noticed on the streets, and there was this collective, ah, oh, when uh, the balloon disappeared. He felt bad. You couldn't make this up. He came over, he said, I'm so sorry, gave me $50. $50. And everyone I was with said, no, he can't take that. Take it back. I'm like, shut your face. I'm happy with that. So I gave him his $50 back. But that's a good price, isn't it? Five bucks, you'd think. 50. Could have had that. If you're listening and you still want to um, pass that my way, you can make it out as a check. Send it into News Talk 1010. You know, $51 with interest. It's fine by me. Anyway, I hope you had a wonderful Halloween. Tell me what you went as by texting the show as 71010. And um, did you see anyone fighting? I didn't last night, but many years ago... I saw a fight between two other Scooby characters, actually. Um, Daphne and... Is it Janet? What's the other one called? Oh, uh, hold on. I have to look that up. Yeah. What's the one with glasses? See if you can text before Elliot gets this. Daphne, Janet, Jane. Jane? Compelling radio here on News Talk 1010. Velma? Oh, is it? Yeah, you're right. Don't worry, I've got Janet. Looks more Janity. Anyway, I saw a fight between two girls in Ottawa um, dressed as them. That was quite funny. Um, but I, it's never been quite as funny as when I saw a man dressed as Ali G punching a small cat. That's, it shouldn't be funny because it was a genuine fight. But how is that not funny? Do you know what I mean? Ali G punching a cat. I would have preferred if it was in reverse, ideally, but you can't have it all. So if you uh, saw a fight, let me know who was uh, fighting in uh, Halloween gear because I find it comedic gold. Right, what happened this week? Uh, Republicans, who are they? Ugh, bonkers, aren't they? Um, I don't know how you, uh, the uh, system works in the US. I think what happens is they decide to have an election and then three to four years later they have an election. Uh, in that three to four years, it's the wall-to-wall -wall most boring coverage known to man. But of course, the razzmatazz and glitz of Republicans saying ridiculously foolish and very often incorrect things. And that's what happened this week on the CNBC. They led a Republican debate, um, which was quite a good profit for them, actually. They charged $250,000 for a 30-second ad during that debate. Yeah, a quarter of a million dollars for 30 seconds. It's almost as expensive as someone's a Super Bowl Um uh, advertising rates. But then, of course, it makes sense because it's, it was, in fact, the most watched evening of TV in the history of CNBC this week. So people do lap this stuff up, mainly because of that walking hair cloud and loud mouth with no internal monologue, Mr. Trump himself. 
Now, what I found uh, interesting in amongst all the razzmatazz of these latest GOP debates. By the way, the GOP, good old party. Can we drop the G? I mean, come on. Uh, but the GOP complained that the moderators were evil liberals. Evil. They said the whole debate was unfair. They said the questions were too challenging and sometimes they were interrupted, which is amazing, isn't it? Because have you ever seen a level-headed person interviewed on Fox News? They will not be allowed to get more than three words out. It goes something like this. Do you like guns? No. Socialist pinko idiot. Uh, any chance I could talk? No. Particularly Hannity. Socialist, you're communist. You're a communist. Um, so, yeah, I think good on the CNBC for challenging some of these Republicans. Although it was a bit much at times. It wasn't exactly organised. It was the least Canadian thing ever, by the way. Um, which is a good thing, in a sense. Yeah, you know what I mean. What I'm saying is I like I would I would rather watch a Canadian political debate where you can actually learn stuff than the shouting match that is a Republican debate. Anyway, Trump uh, said a few things. Um although it wasn't it was this week that he said something that just I found more amazing than anything else when talking about hardship. Someone said, "Have you has anyone ever said no to you, Trump?" And he said, "Yeah, yeah, I've had it hard. I've had it hard." What did he say? It has not been easy for me. And, you know, I, I started off in Brooklyn. My father gave me a small loan of a million dollars. One more time. I think I just I, I think he said the word small loan. And then I think he got confused. It has not been easy for me. And, you know, I, I started off in Brooklyn. My father gave me a small loan of a million dollars. My father gave me a small loan of a millionth of that once. I think I can remember it clearly. And I think I did have to pay him back. I'm very probably with interest. Oh dear. So that was um, that was Trump this week uh, doing what he normally does, just gabbling on. No internal monologue whatsoever. There's no. It's almost no point interviewing him because he's already he's such an open book. Everything's already come out. Really. The only thing I don't know about Trump, and one thing that I would like to know, if I'm completely honest, is I don't know where he stands on evolution. I do know this, and this is astonishing to me. Do you know that every single Republican candidate, every single one, with the exception of Trump, and I don't know where he stands, doesn't believe in evolution? Or should I say, doesn't understand evolution, being that there's nothing to believe in because it's a fact. And don't give me that, yeah, but it's got a theory in it. It's the theory of revolution, so it must be a theory. It was called a theory of revolution, not revolution. That's uh, that's a very complicated uh, theory, that one, about record playing. Uh, no, it was called the theory of evolution. Yes, it was, and still is. It was originally called the theory of evolution because it was, when it first was conducted and thought through by Mr. Uh, Mr. Darwin, a theory. That doesn't mean it's a theory now. It's just fact. But what really scares me is Ben Carson, who's number two most likely to win in the Republican running, which means, theoretically, this man could be the leader of the arguably most powerful country in the world, arguably the richest, I think we can... Ben Carson. He's a, a seventh-day eventist who believes uh, in creationist theory. He chooses to ignore fossils and carbon-dated fossils of any description and the absolutely astonishing scientific evidence that uh, proves that evolution is fact and not a theory. And goes for the far more likely option that the world was created 
in six days by a man who lived in the sky 6,000 years ago. That seems the more likely option, doesn't it? Let's take apart exactly what Ben Carson has said. This was uh, reasonably recently when talking about evolution. Interestingly enough, this is a relatively modern science concept. That is true. Good start. I mean, it is a relatively, if we're talking about relatively in the history of the universe, which apparently you think is 6,000 years old. I go for more, 6.4 billion. Um, so, yes, good start. What's next? Before Darwin came along, it wasn't. Right. Okay, yeah. He was the one that, yeah. Okay, that's very fair enough. He took a boat around the Galapagos and... Observe species. You know, scientists like uh, Sir Isaac Newton, considered one of the most uh, scientific minds ever, inventor of calculus, so many things. Strong belief in God, big mission outreach. Einstein, when you think about genius, what would the word would you come up with? Einstein, he believed in God. Yeah, but... <laughs> There were scientists before Galileo that thought the Earth was the centre of the universe and everything went around it. And then Galileo came along and things changed. That's kind of how science works. So saying that there were people before him that didn't know about this is kind of true. You know, when I was very young, they hadn't invented the hoverboard. They still haven't. But now people look like a complete penis wandering down Queen Street on two wheels. And that's what's known as science. It's very much, funnily enough, a bit like evolution. Stuff gets discovered, it gets tested, and then through rational thought and understanding, it gets proven. You know, a lot of people believe in God, but I personally believe that this theory that Darwin came up with was something that was encouraged by the adversary. So just so we're clear, <laughs> the devil, who <laughs> is a proven fact, of course, crawled into the mind of Darwin and every other scientist, presumably, that's, that's followed him and said uh, and implanted the seed that the theory of evolution is evil. I mean, the thing is, I've walked past actual lunatics that have made more sense. Do you know what I mean? I had a bloke on the street here in Toronto the other day who had, bless him, a bit of a mental health issue, and he scared me a bit. It wasn't even Halloween, and he just, he just shouted, Ah, it's a dinosaur! And I actually thought for one minute there was one behind me. Actually, funnily enough, Ben Carson probably would have checked. We, he thinks that we coexisted. Um, and I was a bit scared, and I thought, oh, you know, weird. But... Actually, Carson is slightly weirder than your average madman. And it has become what is scientifically politically correct. But no such thing as scientifically politically correct. There's scientifically correct, which is science, and politically correct. There is no such thing as scientifically politically correct. You're an idiot. Amazingly, there are a significant number of scientists who do not believe it. So just stop that. That's exactly, listen to the words. Amazingly, even he is casting doubt on his own idiocy. Amazingly, there are other people as stupid as me who have ignored the 
insurmountable, idiotic amount of evidence to put forward that evolution is clearly not in any way a myth and uh, decided to go with my belief that we've just been knocking around for 6,000 years and the old fella in the sky made it in six days. But they're afraid to say anything. Yeah. Do you know why? Because A, they don't exist, and B, the ones that do will be shouted down and destroyed by people with common sense. People like my old buddy, Richard Dawkins, who I just love. Richard Dawkins, by the way, if you don't know him, is uh, well, he's an evolutionary biologist, an academic, an author, a presenter, and sometimes an accidental comedian. Because he's just so matter-of-fact, it's almost ridiculous. Um, but what does Richard Dawkins say when confronted with the fact that all, possibly all, of the Republican leaders are creationists? So if I look at the United States, currently the Republican presidential candidates, as far as I know, um, every single one of the declared candidates, with the exception of Trump, about whom one doesn't know which way he would answer, when asked about evolution, essentially say they don't believe it. And Jeb Bush was asked, he said, well, I sort of believe it, but I don't think it should be taught in schools. Oh, yeah. Well, this does fill me, this fills me with despair. I mean, it, this is not something you believe in or not. I mean, this is a fact. It is a fact. It's just as much of a fact as that the Earth goes round the sun. Um, you can't not believe it unless you're ignorant. And um, I don't believe those presidential candidates are all ignorant. I believe what they're doing is they think that they've got to say that in order to appeal to their constituency. And if that's true, it's deeply depressing. Yeah, I agree. It is. It'd be like if everyone in Toronto believed that we were made of, um, that the whole world was made of cheese and John Tory went up and went, hey, cheese lovers, you guys are made of cheese. Even though he knows they're not. I mean, it, it needs work. It needs work, that. But you know what I'm saying. Um, I mean, it's not quite as mad as some of the conclusions of some of those Republican candidates. What do you see to Ben Carson? Teaches uh, you know, me medicine at Yale, and he says he, he's a creationist. He's, he thinks that um, God created the world, and he says, you're going to tell me that the complexity of the human brain, and he's a brain surgeon, came out of a soup full of chemicals and, and, and such? Well, I am going to tell him that, but not suddenly. I mean, it took a very, very long time, but by gradual stages. That's what these people don't understand. They think it all happened suddenly. Well, if you think that, of course you don't believe it, obviously. It couldn't happen suddenly. But if it happens gradually, each stage just gives rise to the next stage, the next stage, the next stage, and each stage is only a tiny bit different from the one before, then you could start understanding it. Um, You've just told me that all the Republican candidates except one say they don't believe in evolution. I mean, that's a disgrace. But for a senior, a very eminent, distinguished doctor, as he is, to say that, it's even worse. Because, of course, evolution is the bedrock of biology. And, bi and biology is the bedrock of medicine. And so for a distinguished doctor to not understand, I have to use the word understand, he clearly doesn't understand the fundamental theorem of his own subject. That is a terrible indictment. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic stuff. Uh, look up some more of the work from Richard Dawkins and uh, perhaps pop yourself uh, to the bookshop or download store to get some more from him because uh, although he's very studious and some complain that he's a little harsh, I think he's lovely. He's not cuddly, don't get me wrong. It's, it's not a sexual attraction. Um, although it's verging. It's verging. Uh, now, we're going to take a break because my producer, who is a lovely man, is also a very efficient 
and uh, reasonable person. And I believe you're mouthing at me that I should do that. Is that what you were doing? Yes. <laughs> You're tuned in to The Vinnie White Show on In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010. Always a pleasure, never a chore. My name's Vinnie White. I'm here every single week from 9 through to 10. You can download the podcast at vinniewhite.co.uk or you can go to News Talk 1010 and click on my face. I was a bit lonely this week. I was. I was a bit lonely this week. And um, the worst thing you can possibly do when you're lonely is put on... Uh, Middle of the road radio, which is the most popular radio here in Canada and the United Kingdom. I'm talking about the radio that you often hear when you're in the dollar store, for example, uh, that plays the same hit about 16,000 times a day until you want to uh, rip your ears off. I think the same sort of same sort of um, radio station that think that what was that song a few years ago that drove me mad? Tonight's going to be a good night. Who did that? Oh, that's the uh, Black Eyed Peas. Of course it is, yeah. The sort of radio station that plays that to let their hair down and says and, and say things like, that's the new one from the Black Eyed Peas when it's like eight years old. Anyway, I was listening to one of them. I was just flipping by and I heard the new Adele record. I don't mind Adele. She's also from the same town as me. I've got a little bit of loyalty towards her. She's a great talent. No, no problem. But I realised that uh, in my moment of loneliness, I can actually talk to Adele and I'm going to try and... Uh, do this. This is uh, if you ever feel lonely, I very much recommend it. You too can uh, give Adele a call. Hello. Hiya. Who's this? It's me. All right. I was wondering if after all these years you'd like to meet Oh, what for? Right. Oh, I don't really want to drag that. Everything. Yeah, I don't really want to drag that out really. Hello. Yeah, have you got me? Can you hear me? Well, yeah, I'm, I'm on the Rogers Network. You see, I'm the... in California dreaming about who we used to be. We used to live in... When we were younger. We used to live in Essex. What are you doing in California? And free. Mm. I've forgotten how it felt before the world fell at our feet. There's such a difference. Yeah, I mean, it's nice to... It is nice to hear from you, but I've moved up... Because I met this, I mean, I don't. Hello? Hello from the other side. Other side? I thought you were in California. I, must have a times. I know, I told you, it's, it's the Rogers Network, it's a nightmare. Yeah. It's, I mean, we've done it. Yeah. Yeah. I've got caller ID. I did get a restraining order. At least I can that yeah. I, you're not actually allowed to do this. And I've got the flowers. And I've got that threat. Yeah. And I know you set my lawn on fire with a swastika. Nutter. Yeah, I mean, it needs a bit of work. Passes the time. Oi, way, way, news, ba, ba, ba. So last week we were talking about um, a political activist slash artist, Ai Weiwei, who I have a great deal of respect for. Well, he wanted to collect Lego so that he could put a work of art in a gallery. And that was an Australian gallery. And uh, unfortunately, it was the National Gallery of Victoria. It was not their fault. 
It was Lego themselves would not supply Ai Weiwei with the Lego that he wanted so that he could build whatever it is he's going to build in the National Gallery of Victoria. And the reason for that is uh, Lego has a long-standing policy not to provide its bricks for works making political statements. So we don't know what he's going to make. But we do know that Lego aren't supplying. And I, I broke this breaking news here on News Talk 1010 last week. Um, I, don't know, I don't know if he was thinking of going to Duplo. They're easier as well, bonus. Um, also less painful when you stand on them in the middle of the night. Um, I don't know if he was going to go to that, but no, the people have come together. So what's happening is the uh, National Gallery of Victoria in Australia have decided to park a car with the sunroof open outside the gallery and people can just come by and fill it up with Lego. Filled it. Filled it this week. So now they're parking cars all around different Australian towns in a bid to get people to donate Lego to the project. So he'll be fine. And he's getting it all for free. Bonus. People coming together, donating Lego for the greater good. So I can't wait to see his uh, work of art. And of course, because of all this, because it's such a weird story, it's now going to get more publicity, which let's presume he's going to shine a light on some political wrongdoings and uh, human rights violations, possibly uh, stemming from China, usually where he looks at. And uh, that's great. So there you go. I just can't believe that Lego said that they couldn't, weren't going to supply him. You know, it makes about as much sense as not selling someone a black marker in case they draw a swastika. <laughs> so I'll, I'll keep you up to date on that. This is the Vinnie White Show on In Depth Radio News Talk 1010. We're back. Good to have you here. Um, joggler. Have you ever heard of a joggler? I hadn't till today. An elite joggler. That is someone that runs while juggling. Joggler. I see. Uh, Michael Caprell, fellow Canadian, used to doing things the hard way, but this year's New York Marathon, which happened today, meant that the uh, ordinary 26.2 miles of juggling that he normally does, he was empty-handed. He still did the marathon, bless him, and uh, marathon organisers have banned joggling from the course, ruling that bean bags filled with millet seed uh, count as prohibited items. Yeah. So Mr. Capril, a 43-year-old fellow Torontonian, uh, had hoped this year to improve on his world record joggling time of 2 hours and 50 minutes and 12 seconds. Which, by the way, is an impressive feat, even for a serious runner. But to do juggling at the same time is amazing. So a serious athlete... By most measures, uh, he's, uh, his Beth marathon time is, is two hours and 30 minutes. And uh, he once won a marathon outright while juggling. So he, apparently juggling whilst jogging doesn't slow him down too much at all. Um, he said, I understand that they have security rules, but this seems mad. Um, yeah, and it does seem mad, actually. The jogglers beanbags join a rather bizarre list of other contraband uh, that's been banned from the race course. No sleeping bags. That well-known thing that you need for a marathon. Yep. Uh, no pets. No mace. <laughs> Bless the Americans. And no drones. Uh, knitting needles, apparently, are also forbidden from the New York Marathon. So David uh, Babcock, who is, uh, actually owns the world record for the longest scarf knitting during a marathon. 12 feet. Good work. Resorted to uh, crocheting flowers out of yarn with his fingers. No one, it appeared, had contested the ban on selfie sticks, of course, because they're everywhere. Um, yeah, so they're banned. And uh, apparently it's down to terrorism, obviously. 
because that makes absolute sense. Uh, Chris Wheeler, a spokesman for the New York Roadrunners, confirmed the new policy in consultation with the New York Police Department. Our guidelines changed following the Boston Marathon bombing and running with props is now prohibited, he said. So, quick message to the USA. You listening in the USA? Can you, uh, can you hear me all right? Yeah. Just put your Twinkies down just for a second because we've got a quick message on this. Put them down and put all your other snacks made from high fructose corn syrup down and uh, listen up. Uh, Americans, terrorism isn't combated by banning things. No. Unless the Boston bomber used a bomb made out of knitting needles and bean bags wrapped in a sleeping bag, I think you can chill out. It has to be the only country in the world, doesn't it, where you, they've got 360 million guns in circulation. But if you want to bring a bean bag to a marathon, evil! Concentrate on what's important. And here's a clue. It's not jogging jugglers. All right. God bless America. You're listening to The Vinnie White Show with me, Vinnie White. And every week I like to get in the resident news junkie and all-round reporter, Amanda Capito. Hello, all-around reporter. <laughs> Just, I'm a reporter all around. Yeah. Yeah. It was probably not needed. It's okay. Reporter. I'll take it. Do you know what I was going to say, actually? And I found out this week, after nine years of living in Canada, that you don't say this. Dog's body. Have you ever heard that term? No. What's that? So I looked it up because I said it to a Canadian this week. I said, you're just a general dog's body, aren't you? And she said, what on earth are you talking about? <laughs> so I looked it up and apparently it's British term that means the North American equivalent is gopher. Okay. Errand runner, essentially. Gotcha. General. Yes. Yeah. The gopher is what I would say. Yeah. Yeah. And you are a bit, aren't you? Me? Oh. This didn't go down well at all. Really? Well, you do lots of stuff, you know. Okay, but then that's but it's not like I'm I'm low on the No dear. That's not what I was saying. No. That's what gopher comes across as. Oh, I see. Like jack of all trades. Master of none. That's what you're picking out. No, but But I think of you as a master of many trades news related. He's just turning this around now. It's not going that well. Because you're, a, I'll see if I can keep digging. You're like, a, <laughs> interns are gophers usually, right? right? And that's why it's like. But no, this is the point, and this is the problem because the English version isn't offensive. Okay. Or maybe right. it is. Like the English? No, you mean your version? Dog's isn't, body is not offensive. Yeah, whereas gopher probably is. is yeah, it? a little. Yeah. Because you're no low one on wants the to run. be a gopher. Yeah. I see. Right, should we start again? <laughs> <laughs> um, Amanda's here. She, I like to think of her as a legend of, of so many things oh, in the you. newsroom. <laughs> well, look where we've come now. Yeah. Great. Great. What do you think of my hands? They, they're blue. Yeah. What did you do? See, if I were you, I'd be thinking it's probably got something to do with Halloween. Yeah. But it's not. I, um, <laughs> I bought one of those. Conveniently, though, this weekend, you have green and blue hands. I bought one of those blocks that you put in the tank for the toilet. Oh, and it got wedged in there oh, and ruined goodness. the toilet. So I only you. I know, but that's why I'm late. I've been walking around with blue hands. Oh my, you're a mess. You're I a know. walking mess. And I've got sort of green fingernails. <laughs> only person on Halloween to have blue hands because he was trying to fix a toilet. <laughs> anyway, let's get on with this here section of the show, which is already turning into being quite a long one. Hey, you, what's going on with Twenty Four Sussex? Yeah, you want to know the lowdown? Yeah, give me the latest. Okay, so, well, so. We know it's been in the news that there's a lot of repairs that need to be done. Mm. Um, 
The Auditor General said it's about $9.7 million worth of repairs. can take from 12 to 15 months to do. So for everyone that's uh, ever worked on any building, that means it's 15 to $20 million and will take a couple of years. <laughs> <laughs> right. So... They've been just trying to determine what to do and, you know, no prime minister wants to sign off on getting this done because it is taxpayer dollars. Mm. Um, So now today we have the wonderful Mike Holmes, these Canadian Renault guys and Mm. Brian Baumler Mm. coming forward, putting out notices on their Facebook and they're responding to requests for people saying to them, hey, why don't you go in and, and fix it up? They're all saying yes. But now the question is coming down to also is is it should we do the repairs or should we just tear down the whole thing and start fresh? If you are good, if if they are going to do the repairs, if you were to use Mike Holmes, it would probably be pretty much pro bono, wouldn't it? Well, see, this is where it gets complicated because then if you get what materials are they using, are they going to get sponsored by certain companies? Yeah. And then it's like kind of on the public dime. Right. So now it gets cloudy. Like where? And then will it be involved later dates? Right. You know, for, are so you going to get a job? Yeah. So if you go, we cut live now to 24 Sussex Drive, sponsored by Lowe's. Yeah, right. <laughs> like it's, but it would make Canadian politics sexy again, would it not? Like the White House is sexy. Yeah. Do, do you even know what 24 Success Drive looks like? Well, I used to live in Ottawa, so I used to cycle past it all the time. Actually, I've had a dinner party with the Prime Minister there. That's about as famous you, as... You've yeah, gone I inside have. it? Yeah. Like, I don't know what the inside looks like. Every year, they invite local media. It wow. used to be when local media was important. Um, and really, what it is, is here's a load of booze, here's some lobster, and... It, um, can you please be nice about us in the local media for the next year? That's the idea behind that's, it. I mean, it's nice. It's a nice gesture. Yeah, they don't put it. I'm just cynical, so that's how I'd put it. But I think that's uh, they say it's a celebration of of you doing great reporting in our important capital. But really, right. it just means can you be nice to us? It's fine. A lot of media. A lot of us media events that we go to are like that. So yes. we know. But yeah. the average person. Okay, you're a rarity. I would say the average person wouldn't be able to pick out what the rooms on the inside look like, whereas the White House people know yeah that's also it's true. depicted in tv shows and stuff more but anyway yeah. it would just be a really great way to put us on the map in a bit of a in a bit of a more spicy way i agree with you now there's various different opinions as to what would be the best thing to do because their whole argument of fixing up it's so decrepit and crumbling and shabby right um that it would cost cost an awful lot of money would it be cheaper to just start again well i don't know see the, i don't have all the facts and figures in front of me but some are saying it would be worth it even if it did cost more because it could highlight canadian innovation mm. um whereas i don't know we and we sent out news talk 1010's tony tedesco today to talk to some people to see what they thought mm. should be done just on the basis repair or tear down and we found this this little this little one. Who, this little one who apparently is a fully qualified architect. Let's take a listen. I think they should just fix it because, like, tearing it down would like be like a lot more money, and, and just fixing it would be easier. So she's well spoken. She's very well spoken, and apparently she's a structural engineer, which is a, <laughs> a testament to the Canadian schooling. I like. I don't know if her parents told her to say that or what, but yeah. anyway, I thought that was really cute. 
Well, she might be right. I mean, it's, yeah. I think the, the fact is the reason we don't know the exact figures is because it's a bit on the fence, is it? Yeah. It, I mean, you could say if, if you were to tear it down and start again, it might be cheaper depending on what you build in its place. Right. Right? Oh, yeah. If you build that's a little the, That's a little the question, yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you build a greenhouse, you're probably going to save a few bucks. Yeah, and they have actually been talking about making it solar energied. So that's another thing. All these, so much is coming out now about mm. what's going to happen. But either no matter what happens, I think it would be really neat to have a TV show. It's next to a river. Surely hydroelectric would be good. You could do an old school water wheel something mm. obviously sun the i don't know you say wind is it windy it's, it's on a bit of a hill right you get some wind mm, not really it's no not, it's in a valley it's next it's next to the river have you not been there i've been by it once it's no, it's in a valley also no windmills yeah ottawa's but i remember i have a vision of me looking at it from across the ways and it was elevated from where i was i was like in a park looking were, across were you in quebec <laughs> <laughs> Either, oh, either I don't way. know. You can tell I'm a Torontonian. This is yeah. a typical Torontonian. Like, I don't is. know anything outside of the city. I don't know anything north of Bloor. What <laughs> is that sorry. place? I'm giving it a bet. Well, it's, it's fine. Anyway, um, I got to look up lots of pictures of it today, though, as we were talking about these stories and updating our website. So, Well, I would encourage anyone that's interested in this to read John Moore's blog, who um, wrote a fantastic piece. You can go to our website and find it. How corporate am I right now? Look at you. Hey. I'm reading the other DJs, what they're doing. <laughs> well, what did, what did he write about? He said, tear it down. He said that there's absolutely no point in trying to keep it as a heritage building. And he made some really good points on it. His, his overall argument was, it's not really a heritage building. It has, I think he said it's only been lived in for 65 years in its current capacity. The building itself isn't actually that old. Um, and but that's also, if it's not that old, then why tear it down? Because perhaps a forward-thinking person might argue that it's time to build something that is beautiful, bold, and perhaps says something about Canada. It's kind of boring. It is boring. You know? Yeah. It's all right. In fact, the, from the road, the most exciting thing about it, I would say, is there's a roundabout, which is only good because, of course, Canadians don't know how to use them. <laughs> so I would encourage you just to go so you can see people get stuck on a roundabout nearby. But the, the house itself is incredibly unremarkable. Yeah. Well, that's why a lot of people have a hard time pointing it out and knowing what it even looks like. Yeah. It's, although, perhaps, if we go full argument, at the risk of being slightly offensive, it's very Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it is quite humble. Oh, it's not showy. Yeah. It's a, a bit of a mess in places, and uh, not many people know about it. Well, see, that's why. If we made it a TV show, we would be real showy about it for once. Yeah. Well, in my, I think I'll conclude with my opinion. I think, yes, they should do a dramatic rebuild that involves a new interesting structure on that original piece of land so it's still got the heritage factor that way and then and you're okay with it being on your taxpayer dollar yeah 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 because it is kind of a Canadian pride it helps it makes us look good it's got to live somewhere yeah thank you so much for coming in I'm so sorry that we've got to throw you about because uh, alas that was a rather abrupt and painfully uh, unwanted end of the show but you can come back next week and enjoy more plus you can hang around right here and hear the legendary talents of the gentlemen that follow me see you next week all the best bye bye